Buffon. And then Ronaldo! Oh! to the near post, Messi to the net, Ramel Kionko now, here's a Honduran, he'll whip it in back to the far post, Elise, over the Elise, La Pantarita, it's a Honduran connection. This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLaw.com, here's Glenn Davis. Welcome into Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas tonight. Your humble servant, Glenn Davis, always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. DaspitLawAustin.com is where you go. Let me tell you about the Daspit Law Firm in Austin. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys, they'll take your case. They're going to work for you 24-7 nights and weekends. If you get in a car, boat, motorcycle accident, maybe you drive an 18-wheeler, you need DaspitLawAustin.com. Dot com. All right, what a guest list we have tonight. Brad Stuver, Austin FC goalkeeper after the 3-3 draw with San Jose ahead of Sporting Kansas City. We speak with Brad tonight. We go over to Barcelona, Spain, and Jordi Sunier of TV3. Uh, we will talk Barcelona, how they're getting it done with all the financial constraints. We'll talk La Liga ahead of the start of the league, Real Madrid, and really, really interesting stuff on Ricky Pooch, who's going to the LA Galaxy and how that move to major, major League Soccer in the Galaxy is perceived by Barcelona fans. Very interesting stuff. I'm going to say it's about a 50-50 he hits in L.A. First, let's start with some college soccer talk. Let's go to Texas head coach Angela Kelly, who joins me now. They have an exhibition game this Friday against Incarnate Word on LHN. Well, Angela, uh, Friday we get the first exhibition game. That'll be televised on the Longhorn Network. Uh, you got to be feeling good as you get closer and closer to the start of 2022. Well, wow, just so incredibly excited. It's it's come so quick. It's it's we've been waiting for it after uh all of us having a wonderful opportunity this spring to develop our our players. Um and now it's like the anticipation uh throughout the course of the summer getting through a new course of summer camps and then uh recruiting cycle and here we are. And um you know, it just seems like life is uh is moving by so quickly and I think that's a that's a product of enjoying your time. So we're, we're pretty excited. University of Texas head coach Angela Kelly joining us tonight here on the Horn in Austin, Texas, ahead of the 2022 season. All right. You had a good spring. You were 5-0 and in the spring. You had a really unique match. You played Tigris of Monterey as football in Liga MX and in Mexico continues on, on the women's side to continue to grow. But uh, tell me some of the takeaways from the good spring season, because you always tell me it's a great opportunity to really do a lot of coaching. Well, there's just more training, training environments, more training days. And um, I think, you know, we just had a big call on the NCAA today about an extended season and that would just allow uh, that much more training, that much more acclimation. So I really hope that um, that we've done enough to to get that approved and um, continue to be able to train our players um, more and more often. But yeah, this spring was wonderful. First time uh, in two and a half years, we've been able to develop into our players. Um, we had a great, a great host of competition. Tigris is, is a special, 
special program and uh, we felt very honored to be able to host them and um, just a wonderful, wonderfully talented team. And uh, it was just, it was great for our players uh, just as we play, try to play uh, Houston dash as often as we can. Wonderful for our players to see what the level is at the next level and to play on the pitch with players um, that are on their squad. Angela Kelly joining us here. Uh, Ten starters returning. This looks pretty good. And then you can define for the listeners the super senior. Super senior. Okay. I, I don't know. Is that is that I don't know if it's just my my term that has been coined. I think I've I've heard it around the block a little bit. Um it's the it's the wonderful ray of sunshine that's come out of the pandemic, I would I would love to say. Uh quote unquote the super senior. I think in coaching having now been in the 26th year, I think we always think about our senior class, how much they've meant to our program. And we always, at least, at least in my programs, I've always said, gosh, I'd love to have another year with her. Gosh, I'd love to have that back line another year. I'd love to have that, that attacking personality for another year. And now um, through the pandemic. So gratefully uh, we have uh, five of those returning with uh Julia Grosso, rightfully so, uh, opting out to become a professional at Juventus, uh, just re-signed for another two years, and I think she's loving every second of it there. So she was ready um, to go be a pro, and we're very proud of her, but excited for our five to return, and and they're just giving us such a a great level of consistency, and um, we feel like we can can in – preseason thus far in in the first five days we were able to just layer deeper and deeper and deeper as we acclimate our new players and i'm going to just mention the five real quick so that uh, we know who they are savannah madden emma regan mac mcfarland cameron brooks and carly allen and carly allen uh, was a holding midfielder that you moved into the center back position and performed really well last year yes i think i think that was uh you know a turning point uh in in our season, if you will, I think uh, it just allowed uh, the likes of the the Emma Regans to get a little bit higher up the pitch. I mean, she's been asking me since day one if she could play. Not, not. I'm just joking with a striker, but she's always been an attacking mind, minded player. But just was so wonderful and versatile in these different positions for us. And let talk about Carly Allen. Just the ability to go from from that six uh, into the four or the five, which is it's there, there's different tasks that are asked in the there, there's a lot of similarities, but um, there, there's there's also a new level of, uh, of responsibility, if you will, uh, just being that last line before um, before the goalkeeper. So I'm just really, really proud of both of them. And I really think it was a, a, a great turning point for our squad. Ten starters return. Super seniors returning, and you got the one-two punch of Lexi Misumo and Trinity Byers. Byers will be absent potentially up to the 28th with Holly Ward. Both of them will be in the FIFA Under-20 World Cup. But um, uh, another year of watching uh, the Misumo-Byers combination is uh, something exciting. Yes, I mean, they're just – we all know about them. We, we've heard about them for many, many years now and on, on the club front and I think they both made a, a huge splash here in the collegiate game uh, they're going to be playing the game for many many more years and uh, really really excited about having uh, that duo on our squad 
I think, uh, you know, Lexi is just has fantastic vision. She likes to attack the back line. And when you have uh, Trinity Byers, when you're popping balls off of Trinity Byers or you're, or she stretches, um, like she does, it's just, it's really hard to defend the two of them, let alone the host of talent that we surround them with. Uh, but I think for Trinity Byers specifically, um, she has, uh, some of the best, the best back to pressure the natural gift of understanding where her pressure is and spinning that pressure uh, better than any young player that I've ever coached I've, that I've, uh, that I've seen actually, it's a, um, a little bit like a baby shack. And uh, we've kind of uh, joked about that a little bit. And she's like, really? And I said, yeah, you don't even understand how talented um, you are and how quickly you can turn on a dime and, and put the fear uh, into that back line. And she's like, Oh, okay. So she's just, she's just as sweet as she can be too. Both of them are. Um, but they certainly don't, uh, don't let that um, seep into the field at all. Texas 11, five and six last year under Angela Kelly, runner up in the big 12 runner up in the conference tournament, regular season in the big 12 were six Oh and three. They were unbeaten. Okay. You're not fooling around. Uh, you got early games against your alma mater, UNC and Florida. So this is a schedule that starts off in a big, big way. Yes. I mean, and not to overlook at all, you know, me, Glenn, uh, the, our, we have a match, uh, on Friday, that that's going to be a great test for us, just to kind of uh, get the dust off and and compete against someone different than ourselves. And then obviously Lipscomb's coming in, and uh, they uh, are on our schedule for a reason. I mean, they're perennial conference champions. Uh, they have a great group of transfers uh, that have come into their program, and they're very very well organized. So that that's going to be that's going to be two challenges in the next. Uh, 10 to 14 days. And then, uh, then of course, yes, we have, uh, we have Anson and the crew coming to town. Um, really excited, uh, to host them. Um, it's always special, uh, to play against your alma mater and, uh, Anson's so dear to me. And I'm so incredibly grateful for everything that he's given to me, had, that he's taught me. And obviously I wouldn't be where I am today without having experienced, um, that program. So very, very grateful. Uh, and excited and in the University of Florida. Uh that was uh that was Becky Burley and I probably five years ago trying to do a home and away. Um the storied coach uh from the University of Florida who has since retired. Um but uh they are doing the return of our leg uh to Gainesville last year. So uh two power five uh conference opponents uh it's gonna be a really really challenging weekend but we we like to think it's a uh, it's a championship weekend. It's a final four weekend. It's, it's an NCAA tournament weekend and we get to see how we fare right away. Yeah. And by no means was I um, jumping past anybody else. I was just kind of looking at some highlights on the schedule uh, to alert people. And then of course, uh, when you start your big 12 play, you open it up with, with a great nemesis, a great rival in TCU. Yeah. And that's, um, that's, always a little bit of a homecoming for our players up in Dallas, right? So uh, excited about um, getting up there and, and uh, uh, playing playing against them. Uh, Eric uh, has obviously done a, a tremendous job. We've had a lot of uh, really great battles over the years, and um, they're talented, and, and they, they're returning a couple of super seniors as well. Um, so we, uh, we know that's going to be a battle, but I think this conference is uh, – is one of the best in the country, and um, and we're going to have to battle this year for sure. 
She's Angela Kelly. She's the head coach of the University of Texas, getting ready for the 2022 season. Okay, you got a couple of transfers in. Tell us about them. Uh, Jilly Shimkin and Taylor uh, Delarusso from Baylor. Shimkin comes from Penn State. Yeah, they're both just wonderful additions. Uh, to be fair, I feel like uh, they they arrived in January. I feel like they've both been here five years already. Yeah. Um, just uh, fantastic, fantastic people. Uh, wonderful for our culture piece, and and they fit in right away. And then they both come in uh, so incredibly eager. Uh, Taylor is a, a six or uh, a four or five for us. Um, she's. Uh, extra touches every day and uh she's just she's ready to develop in any way she can and and then in the likes of Jilly Shimkin wow uh, what a player she is she's a, a consummate eight uh she's uh she's she's box to box but we talk about her being six to six um and um and covering uh the full width she has such an incredible engine. She has great vision. She also likes to go to goal. She's accountable for her game, and she's just a wonderful addition to our centerpieces. And, um, you know, it's big shoes to fill, fill in the likes of Julia Grosso. Uh, but I feel like uh, Jilly Shimkin has uh, stepped right in there, and um, there, there brings different attributes, right, a little bit of different uh types of player than uh, Julia Grosso. And I think it, it's a perfect puzzle piece for our, for our current uh, squad. Angela, as always, thank you very much for your time. Looking forward to the 2022 season. We'll try to get you on as often as we can track you down uh, in the busy college season. And again, as always, thank you. And best of luck starting on Friday, LHN. It'll be in Cornet Word exhibition game. And uh, we'll, get the, uh, we'll get this ball rolling in 2022. Glenn, as always, you know, I, I appreciate you so much. You're the consummate professional, and uh, thank you so much, and uh, hook them. Always a pleasure. Hook them, Angela. Thank you so much for coming on. All right, we'll take a break here. Uh, great stuff there, Angela Kelly, University of Texas, uh, DaspitLawAustin.com, our presenting sponsor, John and his firm, Personal Injury Attorneys, work for you 24-7 nights and weekends, 512-865-6710. By the way, John went to the University of Texas and is a big soccer fan, big Chelsea fan, Austin FC. we got to get him out to a Longhorn game if he hasn't been out there yet. All right, we'll take a break. we got more to come. Beautiful, Angela. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. So you're, you're doing uh, Zooms for all your stuff now? Uh, no, no, not everything. I mean, you know, for people like yourself that, you know, are going to be busy at night or trying to get a break at yeah. night, you know, uh, it just offers a great alternative, right? It's not, it's not live, but it's also, you know, the other thing for me is like, you know, when you have even one obligation on one day, it doesn't leave your brain. You know what I mean? If you got something mm -hmm. at four, it's like all day long, you're like, oh yeah, I got the thing at four. I try to take that off the coach or the player, or, you know, I did an interview with Brad Stuver today, the goalkeeper for Austin FC. And it just, it just takes a little pressure off people so that they can have their evenings, you know? Yeah, I, mean, no, I, I, I like it live personally more, but mm -hmm. I, I I just think it's a little bit of a different dynamic. But yeah, you know, this this is a great interview. We got a lot of yeah. info in there. People know about the season now. They get to hear from you. It's all good. Yeah, Brad, I uh, he's such a great great young man. Um, yeah, I was at yeah. the match the other day, and I go as often as I can, and um, was able to speak to him after and. Um, yeah, he he said it was uh, the, the I don't know if he would have mentioned the most odd third uh, first goal that that he's ever seen, 
Uh, well, the, the guy goes to control it and it kind of flicks off said, his foot and goes, that was the weirdest thing. Ever. I've never, I've never seen yeah. anybody mistrap that kind of ball in my life. So yeah, um, no, I think I, you know, I think the crowd was a little bit of MVP, MVP. And uh, you know, he's put his shift in every single match yeah. saved a PK what a game ago. And um, you know, from all my time being around the program, he's just, uh, he's just wonderful, wonderful team. He's all about the team. Yeah, no, he's he's impressive, both on and off the field. And, you know, you, you, you interview people like that and you dig into their career. Like I've looked at your career. And of course, I remember calling a game at Tennessee when you were the coach there many, many years ago. Um, but, um, you know, when when you look at the persistence of him also, the amount of different teams that he's played on in lower divisions and he was a pool goalkeeper in MLS and never becomes a starter till, you know, he's almost 30 years old. It's an amazing story. And the guy in um, sporting is the same way. Tim Melia had the same mm-hmm. backing up people forever, hardly getting any games, you know, and, and that just makes it even sweeter. I love interviewing those kind of people. Yeah. They're just very, very gracious and, and grateful. It's, yeah. it's really, it's really wonderful. And an excellent goalkeeper. I mean, he's, it's, yeah. a, it's it's a it to me it's look even if i wasn't doing a radio show in austin i'd be tuning into the austin games because mm-hmm. aesthetically i just they're fun to watch you got triusi out here i mean that guy is worth the price of admission alone isn't he that yeah. guy's unbelievable i mean yeah he i don't right. think he's i don't think he's long for austin <laughs> with the way he's going but uh he he is so fun to watch he is so he was he's 16 16 goals now yeah yeah but he like you know, he's back in his own third defending. He's mm-hmm. He can set the tempo for you like a natural 10. He powers into the box like a freaking center forward, right? I mean, that yeah. goal he scored on the end line, how strange a goal was that? Oh, was he like, walked that in. It was like a tiptoe. Yeah, it was un- that was unbelievable. It's like what you do in a small-sided arena. Well, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm watching it. I'm going, oh, that must be a corner. And then all of a sudden he comes out of there and he stuffs it in. Like, it's like almost an ice hockey goal. I, it was, it was, like, you know, the wraparound, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wraparound. I remember Pete Mahovlich used to do that. He was this big guy. This is before your time, but Montreal yeah. Canadian. I love the All Canadian. right, Glenn. Well, wonderful to see you again. And you uh, too. We'll, look forward, we'll look forward to Friday. Okay. We'll, we'll see you Friday. Have a great rest of the day. Thank okay. You thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Ange. back to soccer matters as we continue on here and it's always great to, to visit with our great friend in barcelona spain tv3's jordy sunier joining us now jordy thank you very much for coming on the program thanks for having me on again glenn thank you very much it's always fun all right we're going to get right to ricky pooch la galaxy what's the thought process in barcelona with him moving to major league soccer is this considered a step down a step up for him where do people see Ricky Pooch in Barcelona going to let LA Galaxy and MLS? Okay, uh, if you try to find the, the positive aspect of this trade, you can't say uh, it can be a, a way from, for him to recover his uh, best shape and, and to be the player uh, he was always expected to be, but uh, really the majority of the people of the media fans 
uh, here in Barcelona see see this trade as as a downgrade for Ricky Puig. Maybe in uh, in the MLS uh, it can't be perceived as a great signing. You sign a 22 near 23 year old player from Barcelona. Has uh, played uh, for the Spanish under 21 national team, but here uh, Ricky Puig is seen nearly as a failure. Uh, Trading a 23-year-old player to the MLS uh, is, is really being seen as a failure. Um, and, and that's the way it is. Uh, you know, there's, there's a kind of um, a, a competition here in, in Barcelona. Uh, you know, the, the great Barcelona teams have always been built um, thanks to great players from La Masia, from, from Barcelona Academy. Uh, in the Johan Cruyff era, there, there were Pep Guardiola, Albert Ferré, Sergi Barjuan, then came Carlos Puyol, uh, Gerard Piqué, Leo Messi, of course, uh, Xavi Hernández, Andres Iniesta. So everyone, press, um, uh, fans, tried to uh, discover which one of the La Masia players will be the next big prospect, the next big thing. And of course, you, you can't always be right. And many players that were seen as the next big thing in Barcelona uh, have not reached the first team. Ricky Puig did, uh, but it was another one of, of these kind of players. Because, of course, he's uh, a technically gifted player. He's a, a very good player with the ball on, on his feet. Um, can do, uh, uh, can serve good passes, uh, technically perfect. Uh, he's, he's a very dynamic midfielder. He's, he's one that uh, the fan likes because when he, when he gets the ball, uh, something is, is likely to happen. But tactically, you see, he has got not many opportunities, neither with Setien, nor with uh, Ronald Koeman, nor with Valverde for Setien, uh, nor with Xavi Hernández. And so can I stop you there, something. Jordi? We're talking to Jordi Sunier of TV3. So are you telling me that his struggles at Barcelona are because tactically he's not been able to carry out uh, the, the plan of the coach and, 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 and the manager? That's the way it is, Glenn. That's exactly midfielder. And, uh, of course, you can't play the Barcelona way, but, but you can't lose balance. You have to give that balance to midfield. Uh, Ricky uh, loses many balls. Uh, okay, he, he gets the ball. Uh, he, he drives it. Uh, he, he tries to give the last pass to the striker. Uh, but in reality, he loses many balls. Defensively, he's, he's not that strong. He doesn't help. And when four different coaches, even with some different approaches uh, between them, because, of course, uh, the idea of football of Ronald Koeman was not the same uh, of uh, Xavi Hernández or even of, of Kike Setien. When four different coaches don't give opportunities to Ricky Puig, something happens. Maybe he needs uh, a type of league in which uh, defensive duties are, are not so... Um, so mandatory, let's say it like that, let's put it like that, because uh, the, the image of the MLS that we still got here in, in Barcelona or in Catalonia or in Spain is that of a league that uh, offensively is, is very interesting. You, you have uh, very interesting players in, in the MLS, for example. Well, you know, you you know what? The data, the data from this past weekend will back that up because there were a boatload of goals scored in Major League Soccer this weekend, a lot of high-scoring games. We're talking to Jordi Sunier of TV3. What about Ricky Pooch as the professional? Is he as, as professional as he should be? The character, 
He's going to L.A. It's glitter. It's, you know, selfies. It's cameras. It's Los Angeles. I know you mentioned that he has a little bit of that side. Um, Take me into that part of him as a professional. That's a, a very important aspect because it's one of the main points of discussion here in Barcelona about uh, Ricky Puig. Because here's a place uh, in which uh, what you do outside uh, the football pitch has got a lot of, of importance. And the press follows you. Fans want to know how you behave uh, when you're not dressed as a footballer. And Ricky Puig is like a kind of, a, how could I say, a, a bling bling guy. Uh, Ricky was born in Matalapera, that is a small town 30 kilometers northwest of Barcelona. Uh, it's it's uh, an affluent suburb of Barcelona. He comes from an affluent family and uh, he, he's known uh, by everybody as a posh guy. And, and he likes to show off. You see his Instagram account, there are lots of pictures showing what he has got. Everyone who, ho- who follows him on Instagram, everyone in, in Catalonia, knows that, for example, he has cushions at home with their uh, initials embroidered on these cushions because he has shown that on Instagram. Everyone, everyone knows uh, or has seen his swimming pool in his house in Barcelona. But that's, but that's so anti-Barcelona. That doesn't seem to fit in with Barcelona to me. Is that no. part of the problem with him? Yeah, of course. And, and that's one of the things that... Um, that has created problems uh, for him, not only uh, among the fans, uh, the fan base and and the media, uh, because he had, when he was uh, 18 or or 19, um, he had support from from, um, uh, important sections of of the media because they were really seeing him as the next big thing. But in the dressing room of Barcelona, he became friends with uh, Gerard Piquet uh, because, in part because Gerard Piquet comes from uh, let's say a, a similar social background, but uh, as you may know, uh, uh, in the Barcelona dressing room, Gerard Piquet was on one side and Lionel Messi and the others were on the other side. Uh, Lionel Messi and Gerard Piquet were best friends and that's not like this uh, at the moment. Uh, so, uh, Rick in training sessions uh, had had some problems with uh, players uh, who were close to Lionel Messi and uh, depending of, of the tricks or the things that he was trying to do in training sessions, uh, he got reprimanded by Lionel Messi, for example, or Luis Suarez or other players who were friends with Messi. So he was, he was not well perceived in the, in the dressing room. Um, can, so I, from... can I just break in, Jordy? We're talking to Jordy yeah, CA TV3. It, it sounds as though to me, maybe he was disrespecting at a young age, a lot of the veterans like Messi, like Luis Suarez, as opposed to learning from them and falling in line from them. I don't know if the word with this particular players is disrespectful, but mm-hmm. he was, apart from that, he was disrespectful uh, to other players. Uh, it's been known and it's been told here in, in Barcelona that when he was playing with the Barcelona B side in the Spanish third tier, um, of course, he, he was this, this small player, very quick, uh, technically gifted, and everyone was speaking about Ricky Puig, the next big thing. So, uh, uh, And I remember was, when you and I were talking about yeah, yeah, Ricky yeah. Puig, the next big thing. Yeah, and, and that's the way it was. And because of that, uh, Spanish third tier is, is a very hard division. Uh, 
you get players, uh, second second teams from Barcelona, Real Madrid, or Villarreal, or uh, Betis, or Sevilla, which young players, uh, very good technically, but not that strong physically, and other teams who filled 30-year-olds, 31, 32, 33-year-old central defenders, no-nonsense central defenders, you know what I mean? So he, he received lots of, of professional fouls, hard fouls, tackles. And it's been told and it's known that when Ricky Puch received a hard tackle, one of the first things he said to uh, the opponent was, hey, buddy, how much are you earning here? How much do you make here? And he was 18, 19, playing for Barcelona B, having won nothing, and uh, was telling to a 32 or 33-year-old, hey, buddy, how do you make here in Alcoyano or Tarragona or, or whatever? So this was leaked. And, and uh, speaking of, uh, of leaks, uh, it, it was uh, known last year, some months ago, that uh, during a, a pep talk in the dressing room, uh, Ronald Koeman, of course, was, was one of the coaches that was unhappy with, with Ricky Puig. And he told him in front of all the dressing rooms, all, all the Barcelona players, Hey, Ricky, I know you leak stories to the press. I know you leak something uh, that's happening here in the dressing room to the press. You are the one who leaks stories to the press. And Ronald knew that uh, there were uh, important sections of, of the press, as I told you before, that were supportive of Ricky Butch because he had to be the, the next big thing. Uh, so the, the relationship between Ricky and, and the club has not always been that good. He's a good player. Of course, it, it seems I'm, I'm, I'm throwing beach drill to him and I'm lambasting him. Uh, I, I don't want to. He's a good player and he can't be a very good player for the MLS because as, as we were saying before, the defensive duties are, are not that important or maybe that's So strong. Jordi, let me just break in again. TV3, Jordi Sunier. So the real question is now, how do you think he's going to adapt to MLS and... And is he is he going to mature now at this point? I think he can't do well uh, because, uh, as I was telling you, I think uh, LA and the MLS is an offensive-minded championship, and that can do well for him. And um, I think he he he's an intelligent guy. Uh, he shows off. He's a bling bling guy, but, but I still think he can't be, and he's an intelligent guy. So I think being kicked out of Barcelona at the age of 22, uh, will help him think about all the process and being away from home, away from his city, away from his club in Los Angeles, uh, on the other side of the planet. I think this can help him mature. He will have uh, a Catalan player in Los Angeles, if I'm not wrong, which is Victor Vázquez. So, um, yeah, this everything can, can help in this process. And there's this, uh, uh, as, as I was telling you before, here in Barcelona, there's, there's someone who's thinking there's still a slight opportunity that Los Angeles Galaxy is for Ricky. That step backwards for doing in one year or two years, two steps forward for recovering Vicky Puch for uh, European or, or Spanish football. We're talking to Jordi Sunier, TV3 in Barcelona, talking about Ricky Puch to the LA Galaxy. La Liga starts Friday, Osasuna, Sevilla. Saturday, it's Barcelona, Rayo Vallecano. Almira, Real Madrid this weekend. And Monday, Hatafe and Atletico Madrid, a couple of the big 
matches here. All right, 105 million euros for Rafinha, Robert Lewandowski, Andreas Christensen. How is Barcelona making this happen with all the financial problems? Uh, they are selling assets. <laughs> that's that's easy as that. Uh, they they were in financial dire straits, and the only way of uh, bringing new players, I, I understand the the stance of Joao Laporta. Uh, if you want the team to recover, uh, if you want the team uh, to to be again the the great Barcelona team of yesteryear, of course you you cannot operate on a shoestring budget. Uh, you have to invest because uh, investments will bring new players, new hopes, new expectations, and the possibility of challenging again uh, for, for titles. That's the way it is. But Barcelona had no money. Uh, how do you get this money for new signings? Selling assets. They have sold parts of their media business, uh, 25% of Barca Studios. Uh, they have sold television rights. They are going to sell... Uh, uh, another percentage of Barca Studios in the next uh, few days for having more money uh, in order to register players because, of course, uh, Barca has to respect the financial fair play rules in, in La Liga. Uh, so that's what has allowed him to sign players. But uh, as I always have told you, one thing is signing players and the other thing is registering these players in, in La Liga. They have not uh, been able, La Liga starts this weekend, they have to register these players in the next few days. And La Liga have realized that uh, Barcelona is trying to do some financial tricks in, in, in these financial operations. And they are saying, OK, uh, you have uh, margin for, for registering some of the players you've signed, but not all of them. For example, nowadays, uh, players like Dembele or Sergio Roberto uh, cannot be registered. And Barcelona ha have to work nearly against the clock in the next few days to try to register these players. They are confident they will do that. Joao Laporta, the president, is very confident all new signings are going to be registered before the beginning of, of La Liga. Um, uh, and and uh, let's hope it's like that because uh, uh, there has been a, a, a climate of illusion in, in, in the last few weeks here in Barcelona with all the new signings, with the preseason games yesterday, they won 6-0 Pumas of uh, Mexico uh, in uh, the last preseason game before La Liga. So in order to keep this illusion, this, uh, these expectations for, for, from the fans, they, had to, they have to work against the clock, really. Jordi Sunier, TV3 in Barcelona. Uh, I take you into... Uh... Real Madrid, obviously, they still have the best pair up front, I think, in, in Benzema and Vinicius Jr. What's the outlook on them heading into this season, despite the fact that they didn't land Kylian Mbappe? Uh, I had the opportunity to provide commentary for one of their preseason games. It was uh, America from, uh, from Mexico against Real Madrid, a 2-2 draw with, uh, I must say, sorry for, for the American referee, but it was an appalling refereeing. Uh, which gave uh, America a penalty that, that wasn't a penalty, clearly. But uh, what I saw from that, from that particular game is the same what I saw from Real Madrid in the last season. You would say for large chunks of the game, they are not, uh, as, as we used to say here, they are not playing anything. But then Benzema appears or Vinicius appears. They, they have this power up front. They are able to create chances uh, from, from a breakthrough, 
from a, 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 an individual play from Karim Benzema, from Vinicius, a pass from Modric. They have this quality. So I think we have to expect uh, a Real Madrid like like the one we we saw last year. Of course, they, they are candidates for all titles, La Liga and even the Champions League, because they have this, this capability, this creativity uh, up front. Uh, you have always to count on Real Madrid. And even if it's uh, not a very attractive kind of football, they are always up there. So you have to expect uh, big results from, from Real Madrid. And of course, you know how Ancelotti uh, uh, is, is uh, dealing with the team. He knows he's played at, at the highest level for, for many years. Uh, he knows how to, how to deal with players of that caliber in the dressing room. And, and that's one, I think that's one of the, the key explanations for the success of Real Madrid last season, how uh, Ancelotti ha- knows how to work with, with his players. Jordi, as always, thank you so much for coming on the show. Great insight here on Ricky Pooch. I don't think anybody uh, will get that type of insight around the country here in the U.S. It, it, it's a great insight into him. Thank you, as always, for coming on the program. Well, he shows everything on Instagram, so maybe only <laughs> watching his Instagram, anyone can realize. But anyway... Thank you very much again for your words, Glenn. Just, Always a pleasure. Just, just like you, Jordy, on Instagram too. Follow Jordy Sunye. He's <laughs> the best TV3 in Barcelona. Jordy, thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Glenn. See you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, that interview with Jordy Sunye in Barcelona brought to you by John Daspit, the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLaw.com in Houston. And in Austin, it is DaspitLawAustin.com. Big news with them coming up as well. Uh, you'll hear about that in the coming weeks. We'll take a break. we got more to come. Welcome back to Soccer Matters here in Austin, Texas. A big thank you to the Horn, uh, obviously, for their support of the great game. And, of course, our presenting sponsor, John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys. They'll take your case. They'll work for you 24-7 nights and weekends. By the way, he has been to Austin FC games. He has been to Chelsea games. He is a big soccer fan as well, and he helps get uh, great conversation on the radio, including this interview with Brad Stuver, who joins us now. Brad, thanks so much uh, for coming on, as always. Uh, you may be the MVP of the show now. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on again. All right. So let's, uh, I'm trying to wrap my arms around what was, let's, let's be honest here. This was five-star entertainment, if you're a neutral, uh, between San Jose and Austin. There's no question about it. But let's wrap our arms around it a little bit. And, and you know, from your perspective, uh, what that game looked like. Yeah, they're a, they're a difficult team. They're kind of a team uh they're a bit of a unicorn they're uh, a one-off in this league uh they play a very different style than most other teams in the league and you never really know what you're going to get but you always know that it's going to be a little bit of uh a little bit of chaos a little bit of a, a hectic match um I think in the first half uh we let the chaos kind of rule everything and that's kind of where we got all or most of the goals and then in the second half, I think we came out and uh, we controlled it a little bit more and um, just really unlucky to uh, give up such a, a late equalizer and not uh, take advantage of our opportunities at the beginning to kind of seal off the game. It's Brad Stuver, Austin FC goalkeeper. You mentioned the word chaos. And look, 
your home games, when it comes to your crowd, it's intense. You've mentioned that everybody around the league talks about it and it can get chaotic. And I would imagine it can also get chaotic and pull players into that chaos. So what I'm hearing you say maybe is a bit better decision-making, maybe you manage and control that game against San Jose a little better. I think we, in the first half, uh, there was a lot of energy. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of movement. I mean, the San Jose players are really good at uh, changing positions interchangeably and they're trying to pull us out of position and make it a little bit more difficult on us. Um, I think in the first half we were playing more of a transition game and, uh, we were losing the ball. They were coming on transition. We were doing quick attacks, and uh, it was kind of a kind of a goal fest there in the first half. Uh, I think in the second half, uh, Josh made some adjustments and got us into a a little bit of a more controlled block that we could control the game a little bit more. And the second half slowed down a little bit and kind of played into our favor. And um, we just we couldn't get that uh, that ceiling goal that would have uh, ended the game. We have a we have a way about us. Uh, I mean, we are we have bought into the way that Josh wants to play, and I think everyone's understanding of their role within the system and our ability to create chances in a variety of different ways has really kind of been our strength this year. We have so many different goal scorers on the list. Uh, I mean, we're getting goal production from pretty much every position on the field. Uh, we're scoring on set pieces, run a play um crosses dribble headers like you name it we're finding ways to score so um I think it's just the ability of our players to kind of buy into the system and truly stick to it and see the results um it's it's fun to see and um it's always nice knowing that uh you're like going into a game like you know that your guys are going to score a goal some way somehow um, so that always gives us a little bit of a confidence boost going into games. Last one before we let you go, Brad. Thank you very, very much for coming on. Last year, you penned a letter to the fans, very emotional letter after a very difficult season. Did you ever think it was going to turn around this quickly and to this extent? Because it really is a remarkable turnaround. Yeah, I, I think a lot of us that were around last year knew that um, you give us a little bit of a reset and uh, you give us a little bit more time to kind of implement what we wanted to do that we were going to be a good team I think we were a good team last year we just weren't uh, finding the results and we weren't finding goals Uh, I think if we had the type of goal scoring production that we had this year uh, and we finished the chances that we had last year our season would have been very different Um, but to those of us that have been in this system been around this club since last year to this year um, there was always this feeling that we could take it to the next level that it was on us to kind of drive forward and make this season what it is right now. And it might seem surprising to a lot of people on the outside that haven't been in the training sessions in the locker room and seeing how much work is being done by our staff and our players. Um, But for me coming into this preseason, I think all of us knew that this season was going to be different. Brad, thanks as always for coming on. We appreciate it. Good luck against Sporting Kansas City this coming weekend. And again, uh, your time is valued. Thank you so much. I uh, appreciate it. Thanks again. All right. That's Brad Stuver, goalkeeper for Austin FC. That brought to you by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. DaspitLawAustin.com. Give them a call. 512-865-6710. They're bilingual. And we will roll on.
What a way to finish tonight with Brad Stuver, the goalkeeper of Austin FC. That'll do it tonight for the show. A couple of reminders here. Uh, Our show, as always, is presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. They're bilingual. John and his firm, personal injury attorneys. They'll take your case 24-7. And uh, we appreciate the presenting sponsorship of DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. 6710. Reminder, lamontbrands.com. You go there, you click very easily on the Soccer Matters t-shirt. It's a great quality t-shirt. You pick one up, uh, all the proceeds will go to the 501c charity, the Snowdrop Foundation to fight pediatric cancer. I would love to see uh, some people in Austin wearing the Soccer Matters t-shirt here from the Horn. Podcast of this show, hornfm.com. Ty Henderson, big thanks and big shout out to him for producing here tonight. You can hit me up on Twitter at Soccer Matters GD and the same thing on Instagram at Soccer Matters GD. Until next Monday night, I'm Glenn Davis. Thanks for tuning in and remember, Soccer Matters.